Good morning. It's time for our cool conversation. I'm your host, George Plummer. And with us today, we have uh, House Speaker Pro Tem Kyle Hilbert from Bristow. And good morning, Kyle. How you doing this morning? Hey, doing well. Good to be with you this morning, George. All right. We wanted to talk about uh, an important uh, deadline coming up, and it's for groups that might want to apply for some American Rescue Plan Act funds. And Representative Hilbert's the guy to talk to about that. So we want to thank him for being on the show, and we want to thank our sponsors for helping us out. And uh, each week they are Stanley Systems and Community Bank of Oklahoma. So a busy week uh, always at the state capitol as we're kind of right smack dab in the middle of the session. Absolutely. There's always a lot going on and uh, in, in any year, but especially in election years. And, uh, so it's keeping things interesting here at the capitol. Well, no doubt. And uh, even at the national level with the announced retirement of uh, uh, Senator Jim Inhofe, and that's really going to make things interesting later on this year. It certainly is. Uh, it's, I've been asking some of the uh, political politicos around here that have been around the Capitol longer than I have um, what what this reminds them of. Um, and I said, was it like this in 2014 when Tom Coburn announced his resignation? And the folks I talked to here said it was more like 1994, um, but it wasn't even this crazy in 2014. Uh, so a lot of political dominoes falling from uh, Senator Inhofe's announced upcoming retirement, but certainly wish him the best. And he, he does have 10 more months in office, and I know he's going to continue to serve as well. And, you know, what's what's odd, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's probably uh, in your case, I don't know how old you are, but uh, he was in state politics back in the mid-60s. Were you even born then? No, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's, he's had a big influence uh, uh, on Oklahoma policies and laws for many many years and of course uh, up in the nation's capital too so kudos to uh, to what he's meant for for the sooner state yeah it, it certainly leaves a big hole and big shoes still um and and look forward to seeing how that race shakes shapes out so back to our original reason for you to be on the show today um uh, the American Rescue Plan Act has been a very critical part for uh, for some many numerous projects, not across just across Oklahoma, but across the country. Uh, but there's a big deadline coming up this month that we want to talk about. Yeah, so the American Rescue Plan passed in Congress about a year ago, and so how this package was unique compared to the previous coronavirus relief packages and that it is is in that it has a longer runway. When President Trump and Congress passed the CARES Act, which was the first really big package, it passed in the spring and initially they told states you had until the end of that calendar year, basically a nine month win window to determine how you're going to spend the funds and actually get the money spent. And then so the state of Oklahoma proceeded down that path and spent most of the money and then in December um, Washington changed their mind and said, no, we're going to give you a little bit more time to spend the money, which at that point um, it was too late. But with ARPA, um, they sent us just under $1.9 billion. We received the first half last fall. We will receive the, the second half of the funds this fall from the federal government. Um, and we have until the end of calendar year 2024 to determine how those funds will be spent and the end of calendar year 2026 to actually get the dollars out the door. And, of course, uh, the the first uh, part of that money has already been uh, distributed to a uh, number of uh, programs statewide, I'm guessing, right? 
So because we have the longer runway, something that we've sat down with and worked with Governor Stitt on is having a really comprehensive approach to this and receiving stakeholder input from around the state. Um, so I serve as co-chair with Senator Hayes, uh from, from Broken Arrow on the Health and Human Services Working Group for ARPA, and we've divided the work into four working groups so that we can really uh, be hyper-focused on the different areas we want to address with these one-time monies, and because they are one-time monies. One thing that different states have made mistakes of in the past when they receive federal monies uh, for different disaster relief is spending them to bolster state programs or create new programs. But then when those federal funds run out, you have to either raise taxes on the state or cut programs um, that are existing programs with your state resources to keep those programs afloat. And so that's something we don't want to do. We want to be strategic with these federal dollars because they are truly one-time money. Um, but make investments for the state with these dollars that can really, truly move the needle. And um, a couple projects have been approved. One is the state broadband mapping plan, because we absolutely know that we have to address broadband, not only in rural Oklahoma, but urban Oklahoma, suburban Oklahoma. Uh, even here in our state capital yesterday, we were voting and um, having problems getting connected to broadband. I know Everyone in Oklahoma is familiar with broadband issues, um, but we absolutely have to address that. But without a map, um, there's, there's no way of knowing where the problems are. Another project that was approved was a new um, emergency department at OU Children's Hospital for um, behavioral health beds. And so those were two to really get the process going. But now over the rest of the course of the next three months, we're going to see a lot more projects working their way through the system. And for us in the Health and Human Services Working Group, during our input from stakeholders around the state, it was very clear that the number one issue in health and human services in Oklahoma is the nursing shortage. Over the course of the past year, um, we've had several Oklahomans who, unfortunately, are no longer with us today because they had the misfortune of getting sick in the middle of a spike. Um, had they gotten sick a month earlier or a month later, um, they, they would still be with us today or still be in better health today than they otherwise would because we didn't have enough nurses. And this is a problem before the pandemic, but the pandemic only made it worse. And so that's something we absolutely have to address. Um, and just uh, talking briefly about the, the broadband service, I know uh, there's been an effort to create a, a state broadband office. I don't think that's going to be ARPA-related necessarily, but uh, very critical to uh, develop uh, what – 95% of Oklahoma to be have broadband coverage in five years? Yes, that's the goal, and those bills are working their way through the process. We really need an office that can take ownership of the broadband problem in the state of Oklahoma um, uh, to really dig in and, and make sure we move, move the needle forward. Um, and I know the representatives in your area, Representative Dick Lowe, Representative Brad Bowles, have both been very supportive and strong advocates for addressing uh, the broadband problems in, in Oklahoma. We are talking to Speaker Pro Tem Kyle Hilbert with the State House of Representatives and uh, going back to the American Rescue Plan Act funds. So I guess there, there's an application deadline coming up at the end of this month, right, for groups to submit their want list, so to speak, to, to hopefully maybe get some ARPA funds? Yes. So we, we took stakeholder input in the fall for the various issues that the state is facing both from COVID, but just issues that we've been facing in general. Uh, you know, 
we had a workforce shortage in many areas before the pandemic began, but the pandemic's only made it worse. But what we've also done is we opened up the portal to the public. Anybody can submit an ARPA project idea or ARPA project uh, specific proposal. Um, it, it can be detailed or it can be pretty vague. Just here's a concept, something we think you guys should consider. And so through that process, uh, we've received over 800 submissions and $12.8 billion worth of project requests. Um, and again, we have just under $1.9 billion in available funds, so we won't be able to fund everything. Uh, but we did decide uh, of the chairs of the ARPA committee that put forth uh, closing the portal at the end of this month, March 31st. Um, just that way, uh, we want to give the public ample opportunity, a full month's notice, if they have any projects they've been working on to get those submitted in the portal. But we really need to get the portal closed. That way we can say, okay, here are all the ideas that we've received from the state. Now let's really dive in and go through them, see what's feasible, see what isn't, see what maybe makes sense and needs some tweaks, and let's see what we can do to really move the needle for the state with these one-time dollars. I don't envy the group that's choosing those uh, projects at all. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, like you said, just under $1.9 billion. You've got $13 billion worth of requests. So that's going to be that's gonna be quite a job. Well, I'll tell you, this is my sixth year in the legislature. And in those six years, I've been through the, the, the low-budget years. I've been through the teacher walkout year of 2018. And I've been through the high-budget years, very next year of 2019. Uh, Governor Stitt's first year in office, and, and I can attest that having money is a lot better than not having money. But, yes, it does create unique problems because uh, when you have money, uh, you have a lot of people asking for it, and you can't tell everyone yes. So it, it is going to be a challenge, but uh, really I'm looking forward to the opportunity and, and what we're going to be able to do through this process. Have you seen some of the uh, suggestions? I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> I could... I could talk probably for hours about the various projects that have been um, going through. but uh, Yeah, pick two or three. Sure. Uh, so on the – I've talked a lot about the nursing pr- proposals, but I could dig a little more into those. Um, Southwestern Oklahoma State University in, in Weatherford, um, one of the things that they've been working on is uh, a new facility that will help them to double their nursing output. Um, and also help with their pharmacy program. And what they're doing is it's a $22 million project, but they're asking for $10 million from ARPA. Um, they've secured a donor uh, for $4.5 million. Um, actually had a donor write that check up front for $4.5 million. I hope someday I'm in a position to be able to do that. Um, but also uh, secured the rest of the funding uh, from their own funds, as well as the city sales tax initiative from the city of Weatherford. And these are the type of projects that we're really interested in because um, they're not coming to the state asking us to fully fund it. They're saying, hey, we've got $12 million secured, and we're just asking the state for $10 million to go along with this project. And what they're really going to be focused on is um, also with this facility partnering with rural hospitals. And um, as medicine is being dispensed, making sure that um, everything is correct with their pharmacy school, um, as we know, that's something that Swasey is very good at. And, uh, you know, just a decimal place being in the wrong wrong position um, when it comes to medicine could be a really deadly mistake. So things like that that they can monitor through telemedicine. 
and uh, maybe something other than medicine that you're aware of? Sure. So there are various um, economic development projects. Um, I know there's um, one in Ardmore. There's some in, in northeast Oklahoma. Uh, we don't know a whole lot of details on. The governor's talked about it a little bit, but uh, it's been uh, referenced in Tulsa World articles and various things. But um, for economic development, there are different restrictions that are in place with ARPA. So for infrastructure, we can find um, drinking water, clean water, and broadband projects, but we can't actually fund road projects with ARPA dollars. So it does challenge us to get creative um, when we're looking at economic development of how do we, we can fund these different projects with ARPA buckets, but maybe we use closing fund dollars or Quality Jobs Act or other incentives, districts, different things that localities have to help attract businesses, but using ARPA as, as a piece of the equation. So what is the actual portal that uh, individuals or groups need to go to to submit their uh, applications? Sure. So um, I, I don't have the exact website listed in front of me, but if you look up ARPA, A-R-P-A, Oklahoma.gov, um, it, it's going to be easy to find, and that's our portal. And then also we post our updates and press releases on there so people can keep track as things go through the, through the process. We'll have another meeting on March 10th and then again on March 31st where we're going to discuss some of these projects. Um, it's something that another group is working on, the Government Collaboration and Innovation Working Group, is looking at um, water infrastructure. As we know, particularly in the ice storms that we've had over the past couple of years, uh, it really tested our municipalities, um, water infrastructure, sewage infrastructure, et cetera. And so trying to set aside a grant pool through the Oklahoma Water Resources Board that we can have municipalities and counties match their federal dollars that they receive through ARPA with state federal dollars and really maximize the output there um, to address some critical infrastructure needs when it comes to water. So we're about a third of the way through the legislative session. Are things uh, pretty much going as scheduled? I would say so. We just wrapped up our committee deadline week, which means House bills had to get through committee in the House, and Senate bills had to get through committee in the Senate. And so if a bill did not make it through a committee by the end of this week, uh, that bill is no longer alive for the legislative session. And so um, next week we begin um, going through lengthy floor discussions of bills that made it through committees, and uh, it, it becomes a quite lengthy process. And three weeks later, bills will flip to the other side, and uh, we'll begin hearing Senate bills in committee, and they'll begin hearing House bills in committee, and uh, the process starts all over again. So all, all is going on schedule, and, and all is good, but always a lot of news and a lot of things happening at 23rd and Lincoln here in Oklahoma City. Well, with so many bills... Uh that you have to sift through every year. It's just uh, amazing the amount of work that you guys do up there. So, uh, hey, thanks for your time this morning. We really appreciate it, and uh, good luck for the rest of the session. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and hope you have a great rest of your weekend. That is uh, House Speaker Pro Tem Kyle Hilbert on the from the State House of Representatives on our Cool Conversation program today, and our big thanks to our sponsors, Community Bank of Oklahoma and Stanley Systems.